Welcome to Charity Talks. I'm Brooke Denefsky, and today I spoke with Catherine Spencer, the CEO of Cochrane. Cochrane is a highly respected global organization that collaborates to produce trusted health evidence, make it accessible to all, and advocate for its use. Its work is internationally recognized as the benchmark for high-quality information about the effectiveness of health care. During the podcast, Catherine discussed the process by which it produces this information, the research groups it has all over the world, and how it communicates its research to healthcare professionals and the general public. We also discussed some of the recent impactful research findings they have made, including, for example, in the area of Parkinson's disease. I think Cochrane is an amazing resource for anyone who needs to make a healthcare decision and wants to do so based on the best available evidence. So I think you'll enjoy hearing about their work. Welcome to Charity Talks. I'm Brooke Tanevsky, and today I'm speaking with Catherine Spencer, the CEO of Cochrane. Catherine, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Brooke. It's really a delight to be here. Thank you for asking me. So to start, can you tell us about yourself, your background, and how you came to Cochrane almost a year ago? Yeah. So I first became interested or really aware of the difference that you can make in public health when I worked in uh, Dhaka in Bangladesh um, around, well, I suppose I got back to the UK in around 2019, but I worked in Dhaka for three years for a large public health research organisation called ICDDRB, uh, which actually stands for the International Centre for Diarrheal Disease Research, which um, is, of course, still a, a, a big problem in Bangladesh. And in fact, the building I worked in had around 5,000 people working in it, and the ground floor of the building was entirely taken up with uh, what used to be called the cholera hospital, which when cholera hits Dakar, it can have up to 1,200 patients, um, and that was on the ground floor. So it was a really kind of understood the importance of public health in low-resource settings in areas where um, there still needs an enormous investment in public health. And I suppose it also really made me incredibly grateful for the health that we have access to here in the UK through the National Health Service. I came back from there um, and I worked for a, some, a maritime charity in the UK and then I was really delighted to see the role with Cochrane being advertised. And hence, I, I've you know been at Cochrane, as you say, just for, for nearly a year uh, and thoroughly enjoying it. And so can you share what is Cochrane's mission, including, I know you have three primary goals. Yeah, sure. So, well, we're actually talking at a really exciting time for Cochrane. So I think probably what you've looked at uh, quite rightly is our existing strategy change. Um, but we are in a we are in the middle of a huge transformation, and um, one of those uh, one of the things we're doing is changing the way we produce evidence. So I think our main our, our vision is to improve health for more people globally. And our mission is really about making sure that more people have access to evidence-based healthcare. And by that, we mean that when um, decision makers or anybody, consumers, users, patients, carers, 
are, are looking at the options for healthcare, that they have access to information which is credible and um, accurate. And we do that by uh, synthesizing evidence, um, which really means that we look at all the information that's currently available in a particular area. And then um, look at not just one trial, but look at all of the information to combine that to come up with the best way of treating a particular condition. And we have research groups all over the world. We're a global organization um, and we have teams of clinicians, consumers, many people who are contributing to our reviews. I guess I'm just wondering, you kind of got into a little bit of the process, but can you take us through a more comprehensive look at what the process is of accomplishing some of these goals that you mentioned? Yeah, sure. So um, I think what our may, our, we've got three, we'll have three goals in our new strategy, and they're broadly around the process of producing evidence. And we are changing that to ensure that we can produce evidence more quickly. So you'll have teams of authors who are working on a particular subject and we want them to be quite focused as well. So one of the things we're doing is working um, out how we can do more to impact the sustainable development goals. So that would be working with people like the World Health Organization. And then those authors will look at all the evidence that's available currently and produce their review. And then that will come into our central editorial services where it will be checked for accuracy and things like um, conflict of interest. Uh, and eventually, hopefully, the review will be published. And in, until now, this has been a really lengthy process because you can imagine we want to be incredibly sure that the information we're giving people is correct. But we are now um, changing our processes to ensure that we've still got very reliable information, but we're creating it more quickly. So then the review will be published and we will work alongside people like guideline developers. So here in the UK, we have an organisation called NICE, which supply guidelines to doctors and clinicians in the UK. And we'll work with similar organisations across the world to try and influence policy and decision makers to use our information to ensure that patients are getting the best option for treatment. Um, and alongside achieving those goals, um, we're also interested in equity and diversity. So for at present, for example, we know that a lot of our reviews are based on high impact settings, uh, sorry, high resource settings. So what you would call the Western settings. And in fact, we need to ensure that we've also got reviews of suitable and appropriate treatment in low resource settings. So I mentioned, for example, that I lived in Bangladesh. Well, for a lot of people in Bangladesh, the sort of healthcare that they're able to access is very different to that that you would access in the US or Canada or Australia or, or um, Great Britain, because they simply don't have the same level of resources. So we also need to be sure that we're producing evidence, which means that people in low resource settings also have access to the best available treatment in their area that's appropriate for them. And then finally, I mentioned that we have people all over the world volunteering to support us and work on all of these different reviews. So our global community is also really important to us too. So making sure that we're communicating with them and that we're all working together towards the same mission and vision is a really important part of what we do too. 
And I know that Cochrane has so many different review groups that are focused on different aspects of health and all sorts of issues. So since we don't have time to obviously discuss all of them, can you tell us about a few representative examples, as well as how Cochrane decides what issues to focus its attention? Yeah, that again, that's a great question, because... Actually, the review group model is one which we are, we have, we continue to have some review groups, but we're actually in the process of setting up what we call evidence synthesis units and thematic groups. And those evidence synthesis units will be groups of authors who uh, work on particular reviews. And the thematic groups will sit above them, uh, in particular, in looking at specific thematic areas. So, For example, pregnancy and childbirth might be one of those areas. And that was the area that we started off with in Cochrane. And we've done an enormous amount of work to ensure that we are creating the best evidence. So one of those examples would be understanding that steroids for women at risk of premature birth can uh, save the pregnancy. So that would be one of the areas that we would work on. But yeah, in the future, I think you'll see Cochrane have more thematic groups and evidence synthesis units. Um, and for example, we're we're interested in moving into new areas as well. So um, we're not just an organisation that looks at biomedical solutions. We're also interested in um, things like climate and health as well. And that's one of the areas that we're beginning to work on. So um I think it's about understanding where we're most needed. So I mentioned the sustainable development goals. So really understanding, working with people like the World Health Organization and regional and national governments will help us determine what best to focus on. And also another thing I found interesting, just while reading through some of the articles I found, was the plain language summaries available to help people understand and interpret research findings. And so can you discuss a little bit about the significance of making information more accessible to the general public? Yeah, of course. So um, I think that's a really important point and things have moved on greatly from when Cochrane started. So we only we started 30 years ago in 1980s, which probably seems like um, a really you know, historic date for someone younger. <laughs> but for me, it's kind of distant. Well, I was probably about 10 then, I suppose. Um, but it doesn't seem that long ago. But in fact, we've moved a long way from there in terms of involving consumers and encouraging um, people to be to be also adv- to be advocates for their own health as well. So I think that's where plain English summaries really come, sorry, plain language summaries um, come come into their own to make sure that the very technical and very scientific information which is discussed in the review, which can be incredibly incredibly impenetrable, and and I include myself in that because I'm not a scientist. So that plain language summary is great to be able to give people an overview in what we hope is language which is much easier for people to access so so that's that's really important and it enables people to discuss their healthcare with with their healthcare provider and as well as that we also have something called open access so you may be aware that um there's a huge push to ensure that all research is available immediately for people to access um, rather than behind a paywall which has been the traditional model so Around 80% of Cochrane's research is actually already available to all. We make everything available after a year, but we know that actually 
The research that comes out every year is incredibly crucial. So we're working towards making all of our content open access. And we've just published our first open access journal as well. Nice. I know there's so much important information that you guys share. And so I'm just curious, in your own personal opinion, is there a recent study or research finding that you can discuss that you think may have a particularly meaningful impact on a specific health-related area? Well, you know, it's, it is so difficult to choose because, of course, we have so many. And, and um, there will be those, there are those that are... Um, useful for clinicians and then there are those which are can be really useful and meaningful for people in uh just reading them themselves so for example one of the um pieces of research we've had uh recently is with regard to falls as in falls in elderly or people who are infirm um, and that research has just provided information on how to prevent falls. And it might be really simple things like um, decluttering your house and making sure that access, that, uh, access to um, rooms is easier. But that, um, you know, that advice is followed through and is given by healthcare professionals to people. Maybe that could contribute to them not injuring themselves because we know, I mean, in fact, only this afternoon, a, a colleague's mother um, has fallen and, and fractured her hips. So whilst that's quite simple information, it could be really impactful in terms of preventing um, illness. And so recently we've had a review on Parkinson, Parkinson's disease, which looks at um, the impact of regular exercise on that condition. And while the research doesn't show that it can cure Parkinson's, which would, of course, be quite a tall ask, um, it does show that people that do regular exercise, whatever that exercise is, can help um, slow the progress of the disease. So, of course, we wouldn't, there will be people who, for whom exercise is too difficult. But for those people who have Parkinson's disease and are still able to exercise, the review seems to show that people that exercise, that the progress of the disease will will be slower. So, so that's really good news. And of course, for healthcare providers, Working with people with Parkinson's, which is um, a pretty depressing thing to mm. be told you have, it, that's a really positive piece of advice. So I guess, and, and it's not something that the, I don't think the review looked into this, but you can imagine that being told that there are ways that you can slow the progress can, can really help people's um, mental health as well. Definitely. And I know one of Cochrane's priorities is pursuing high-impact partnerships to help advocate for evidence-informed health decisions. So can you discuss, I know we actually talked a little bit about earlier, but some more of these partnerships. Yeah, so partnerships are really important to us. Um, over COVID-19, we had an event called, um, we held a convenes event, which is where we invited major players to the table to discuss um, how to move forward, and that would include people like the World Health Organization uh, and um, people like PAHO as well, the Pan American Health Organization. Uh, so there are a variety of different organizations that we work with, as well as similar organizations to Cochrane, such as um, Campbell Collaborates. Um, and in fact, um, a team from Cochrane, including myself, will be at the World Health Assembly uh, in in May, which is of course where every where all of the decision makers who work in health from all over the world convene to talk about um, 
moving global health forward. Um, so we very much see ourselves as part of that. Um, so some of that work is done at the set in the centre, but we're also really um, we're really lucky to have geographic groups and presence around the world. So we also use our geographic groups to produce to do that advocacy in countries. So, for example. We know that the um, healthcare priorities in one country will be different to that of another. So working with our geographic groups and, for example, uh, earlier this week I spoke to Cochrane, Kenya. So we would encourage them to liaise with their health ministries and decision makers to ensure that um, Cochrane evidence and well, not just Cochrane evidence, but evidence based healthcare is taken into account. So um yeah, we, we work with partners across the world to really try and make a difference and ensure that we are understanding what the issues are, that where research is needed, but also encouraging people to use that existing research. And I think it's so important for people to be aware of all these resources out there. And so can you tell us about the Cochrane Library? Yeah, sure. So the Cochrane Library um, was is the original product for Cochrane. Um, and it started off being an incredibly innovative product back in the 80s, where it was actually supplied on floppy disks. Um, and that was that was really innovative. And I know that just sounds hysterical now, doesn't it? Because But it was at a time when things were normally produced by paper. So I think Cochrane was seen as a leader and really cutting edge. Cutting edge. So now the Cochrane Library is um, available online. And um, it's used in a variety of ways. So I said that, I think I said earlier that an enormous amount of our content is available um, for people to view. And of course, those plain language summaries, which are also available as part of the reviews, help the interpretation of that. And we're working towards open access as well. And, and then we're also working on, tool, on tools that researchers can use as well so that they can more easily manipulate the data that's in those reviews uh, and we have other products as well called things like um, Cochrane Clinical Answers which um, doctors and healthcare professionals would subscribe to but um, the reviews are incredibly high profile we're fortunate that we're considered the gold standard of, of reviews um, and I think we are where people turn to if they want to find out what research is available on a particular subject. I think it's really important what you're doing. And so I'm wondering, how can those who want to help advance Cochrane's goals best do so? Well, that's a really good question. So there are there are a number of ways. Um, so firstly, I think if you if you are um, a clinician or um, a sci an academic, then you could consider whether or not there's an opportunity for you to be an author. Or you could also get involved with Cochrane Crowd as well, which is an incredibly innovative and popular way to be involved in Cochrane from a starting point. Um, and with that, we have specific tasks that we give our crowd um, to help researchers pursue research. Um, and um, we also have membership as well. So there are various ways that you can earn membership points to become a member. But I guess the first point would be to check out our website, um, which we, we will be changing to make it more accessible. But there's certainly plenty of information there about Cochrane Crowd um, and also about consumers as well. So um, there's also the opportunity to feed in just as a user of healthcare. So you don't necessarily have to be a brilliant 
academic to be involved with Cochrane. Great. And lastly, is there anything else that you'd like to add about Cochrane that we may not have covered or really anything you'd like to reiterate? Oh, well, I think it's just been an absolute pleasure to speak to you this afternoon, Brooke. Um, and I mean, in terms of reiterating Cochrane, I think we're probably a very little, we're a, an organisation which has enormous impact, but we're probably not really that known through the general public. So um, a lot of healthcare providers will know us and if people have done research in specific areas, they'll suddenly, you know, they'll often say, oh, Cochrane. But we're certainly not something that the general public really know. But we're um, we are, I think, one of the most influential organisations for improving healthcare, because the work that we've done on creating evidence synthesis has encouraged a lot of other people to do evidence synthesis and really made a difference in terms of how um, decisions are made. Well, thank you again so much for coming on the podcast. I think it's so important. There's an organization like Cochrane that's putting out such solid, high quality research. So thank you. Thanks, Brooke.